Welcome to the 11th episode of Beer and Fear. My name is Paige. It's 11? Yeah. Holy shit. <clears throat> My name is Paige. My name is Zach. <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 11. Where did you go? To the bottom. Where? Right. Oh, right there it is. Yeah. Episode 11 of Beer and Fear. I feel like this never really works for me that well, but... <laughs> It 100% does. We're getting high on helium. Are we going to talk about... Oh, that's not good. One more time. Are we going to talk about our weeks? <laughs> you going to tell me how your week was? Well, actually, it's been two weeks now. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't uh, met up in two weeks. Our last two episodes were bonus episodes, so you should probably tell me. Just catch, catch everyone up. Tell us how things have been. Yours sounds really good. You sound like like a girly girl. Do I really? <laughs> you don't even sound like you. That's really weird. <laughs> you, you don't. You sound like someone I've never met before. Like in my, you don't. You sound nothing like you. What would my name be? <laughs> like Catherine or something. <laughs> you sound like a Catherine. It only lasts for a little bit and then it goes away. Yeah, because we're laughing so much. This is interesting to watch. Tell me how your last two weeks were, Paige. You're done? Okay. okay. I think we're done with the helium. It's empty. <laughs> how things been? Um, how you doing? Okay. Okay. That's about it. It's your... <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, all right. <laughs> How's your tattoo doing? Is it itching anymore? Uh, it still itches a little bit. Wow. Um, nothing's really going on, man. It's just been working. I have vacation coming up, um, at the end of this week. I'm going to be off work for two weeks. Half a month. What, uh, what day? Um, my vacation starts Sunday this week. Oh, cool. Well, we'll have three days overlapping. So. I'll tell you right now, Saturday, getting drunk. And then I'm back to work. <laughs> well, good. We'll have a lot of beer. I'm going to drink a lot of tequila. We will have a lot of beer and... I'm actually probably going to stop at Benny's and pick up uh, some stuff. So Good decision, because I'm going to drink your entire liquor cabinet. <laughs> I, will, I will have tequila here. Uh, just for you, Paige. Um, so good to me. But no, nothing's really been going on. I've just been working. I'm excited for my vacation. Mm-hmm. I'm still apartment hunting for anyone who gives a rat's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you were telling me you're thinking about the, the place in Naperville? Are you guys pretty confident about that? We just applied. Okay. So we'll see. Waiting to hear back. Yep. I hope you guys get it because that's oh, a I fucking dude. That's a cool, cool place. But I remember when I was checking it out with you, it was one of our things that we were considering when we were talking about us moving in together. Um, the apartment seemed a little small, so that's why I asked. Do you, do you guys think you'll have enough space? Mm-hmm. Like it's a two bed, two bath. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
I don't know what we were looking at before, but I don't know. That- Anyways, people need to know this level of my business. How, <laughs> how have you been? How are your two weeks? What'd you jot down on your little notepad? Uh, what were the informations that you need to share with all the masses that what, don't listen? What did I do? Yeah, that's right. Um, well, uh, again, uh, there was much working. Um, there was the, since we recorded last, uh, the vice presidential debate happened. I didn't get to watch that. The two town halls happened also. Um, I did watch those. Um, and then the third and final, I guess it's not really a third because we didn't have a second. The final presidential debate is tomorrow. If you're listening to this, check it out. Watch it. Should be cool. I'm going to watch it. Um, some other updates because my life isn't interesting at all. Um, but just some things that happened over these two weeks. Eddie Van Halen died. Do you see that? I feel like you told me. Nope. Or maybe I saw that in the news. Yeah, you probably saw it somewhere. Uh, it's not news anymore. It's been a, about a week or so. But yeah, yeah he died. Um, that kind of sucks. Uh, Johnny Nash died. He's the guy who sang, um, I can see clearly now How old? the rain is... I don't know. You got to look it up. I oh, didn't. okay. Uh, but he died. Um, Jeff Bridges... Uh, has been diagnosed with lymphoma. Why are we sharing these random... Because my life... I, there's nothing I have to say. It's just I worked, and that's it. I'm okay. I'm fine. Um, and there's nothing we would have to talk about. So th- I'm just catching up on some uh, some current events here. Um, Jeff Bridges, the dude himself, was diagnosed with lymphoma. But he says the prognosis is looking good. So uh, everyone's expecting a, a swift and healthy recovery. So... Uh, I'll be thinking for him. And I got one. Um, I'll be thinking for him. I'll be li- I'll be thinking for him. Um, oh, he died at 80. J- uh, Johnny Nash? Yeah. Mm. Uh, I freaking love Jeff Bridges, though. Big Lebowski is one of my favorite films. And then um, I got one shout out. Uh, this guy, his username is Lyric Portraits by Romy. R-O-M-Y. Lyric Portraits by Romy. If you're a Pearl Jam fan, you're going to want to check this out. All one of you. And that one is me are going to want to check this out. I'm very confused. Because I bought these. Oh. And these are album covers. Oh, you showed me this. So that is uh, Pearl Jam's first album, 10. And it's like, you know, the whole art is just lyrics from the songs mixed in with a few designs. And it's colored just like the album. It's pretty cool. This is their second album, Verses. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You can see the goat or whatever it is on the front. On the front. And then uh, all the lyrics, you can look look in the entire thing, and there's just lyrics everywhere. It's super cool. I love these. I'm going to get them framed. Um, he does sell framed versions of these. Uh, he'll frame them and autograph them for you. Uh, they're about $115. Um, but these, if you just get the uh, sheets themselves, the printouts themselves, they are 35 bucks on Etsy. You can check it out. Lyric Portraits by Romy on Etsy. It's got some cool stuff. That's all I have to share. That's all I wrote down. Um, again, not sharing too much about myself because uh, my life's boring. Wow, we suck. I'm um, I'm turning another year older um, by the time we record the next episode. Uh, that, that's about it, though. Uh, Halloween's coming up. We're in the middle of spooky season, y'all. Spoops! And uh, Benny's did not have uh, a certain kind of beer. And uh, again... And Paige got really upset, but she will tell you all about that. I did get upset, but then I found it. Can't trust Benny's. Well, that Benny's specifically just sucks. really fucking can't. Don't go to the Benny's in Joliet. Don't go to that one. Any other Benny's I haven't had a problem with. Andrew, Andrew, who works there, you're okay. But Evan, Evan, I don't like you. (laughs) Anyways. Oh, also, 
also. Uh, Scott, mm-hmm. he said, um, he told me he was originally going to skip the last episode about Bigfoot the Beer. Um, and he's glad he didn't because uh, you were just all over him that episode. I don't know if you listened to it, but <laughs> you just would not shut up about Scott. So he's he was pretty happy about that, he uh, told me. <laughs> so Scott, how dare you even think about skipping an episode? <laughs> You're my only fan. <laughs> I think he's still a top fan, too. So Damn straight he is. Uh, All right, I totally forgot how to do this, so this episode's going to be all over the place. I'm rusty as fuck. All right, this beer. We're going into the segment, throw it the fuck down. I threw my phone. Reading reading directly from the Wikipedia page, I see. Oh, I was looking for the About Me for Dogfish Head, because the beer is from Dogfish Head. That's the one thing I saw in that beer when you were bringing it in, and I got really excited, because we're doing Dogfish Head again. Okay. We did dogfish at last episode. Yeah, I don't know. Can you let me? Can you let me do my thing? Okay, fine. God, freaking. Okay, so it's uh, it's called it's um, uh, pumpkin ale, pumpkin. Pumpkin. P u n k i n. Pumpkin ale. Yep, I've heard of this. Uh, the um, bottle art is very cute. The case art is cute. It comes in a case, six bottles. Very adorable. Hmm. There's a little pumpkin on it. Hmm. I'm not going to do the about dogfish head because you did the about dogfish. Yeah, head. we know about. So dogfish. it's just kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. So, every beer has a story. Here's pumpkin ale. A full-bodied brown ale with smooth hints of pumpkin and brown sugar. We brew our pumpkin ale with pumpkin meat, brown sugar, and spices. As the season cools, this is the perfect beer to warm up with. Pumpkin ale is named after the seriously off-centered Southern Delaware extravaganza, Pumpkin Junkin'. Check out some of these Discovery Channel videos of Pumpkin Junkin'. You gotta see it to believe it. (laughs) In fact, Pumpkin Ale made its debut as it claimed first prize in the 1994 Pumpkin Chunkin' Recipe Contest. Pumpkin I just junk. really like saying Pumpkin Chunkin'. <laughs> <sighs> that was a full six months before we even opened our doors for business. Hey, wow. look at that. Since the debut, we've brewed Pumpkin Ale, Pumpkin Ale, each and every fall. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Pumpkin meat sounds weird. I have to agree. I have to tell you about a beer that I was going to pick for this episode besides this. Oh, yeah. But I don't want to say it on the podcast. I'll just, you just edit this out, okay? I'll okay, yeah, that's fine. Let me, let me do the, uh, my beer advocate review. I, I, am, uh, I am interested in knowing why you picked this beer specifically. Out of all the pumpkin ales that are probably out there this fall, why this one specifically? Okay, can I do my, I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. Cool. Let me do my beer advocate yeah, thing. Go for it. All right. My beer advocate review is from SJ Devil, but it's not spelled with an I. It's spelled with an E. Someone can't spell. Yeah. Uh, that or it was taken already. He's from mm. Colorado. Colorado. The look is a beautiful crystal clear golden light copper in color. One to two finger head. Okay retention, but not the best. Nice foam around the edge of the glass. Some lacing it fights on. Smell sweet pumpkin pie and spices. Some caramel, brown sugar, smells dessert-like. Taste, mm. a bite of bitterness at first, a touch of sweet brown sugar comes in along with a powerful amount of pumpkin. Spices, nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, strengthen the sweetness as short-lived as it sips into, I'm sorry, it slips into dry tartness. Feel slick and oily. This is the first time I've had a feel on a review, which Ooh. I'm just like, did you touch it? Like mouthfeel. Low carbonation and less interesting medium body. Overall, a decent pumpkin brew. This is supposedly the one that originally kicked off Dogfish Head. It's pretty good, but not outstanding. Maybe it has slipped a bit over the years. It's still better than a lot of pumpkin brews that I have had. 
Good. Yeah, maybe, maybe he uh, like dipped his fingers in it. That's what I'm wondering. I'm hoping he's just like, what's, vis- <laughs> what's the viscosity? Oily. <laughs> it got an 88, which is very good. Very good. The ABV is seven percent. Uh, it's actually ranked number 27. Um, on um, out of pumpkin beers. Oh, out of out pumpkin, of pumpkin beers. beers. Okay, that's not bad. There's a lot of pumpkin beers, and I've had some really bad pumpkin beers, so I'm uh, I'm going to keep my hopes kind of high for this one because mm. I I like Dogfish Head. You asked why I picked this one. Yes, because it was the first one I found. <laughs> <laughs> no, Walk, I was... walked into Benny. Oh, yep, that's that's the one. I didn't walk into Benny's. <laughs> I was googling. I was looking around and then I was like, oh, I want to give Dogfish Head a second chance because I pretty much besmirched their sea quench when yeah. it was like really. I just had the last one yesterday. It was good. I want more. There, I, I mean, there's like a ton of different pumpkin ones. But when you start yeah. looking at pumpkin ones, it's just kind of like this looks cheap. This looks like it doesn't taste good. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't. I was like, I'm going to go with something that's like an established brewery mm-hmm. so I can maybe be like, hey, at least they know how to control the pumpkin. And they're not going crazy with it because like I've seen control some. Control the pumpkin. Control the pumpkin. Because I've seen some that it's just like, oh, that looks like shit. Put that on a t-shirt. Control the pumpkin. <laughs> Don't let it get out of control. Control the pumpkin. So mm. I went with I went with Dogfish Head because I'm like if I'm gonna do a pumpkin beer because I'm picky with anything pumpkin flavored then I'm definitely yeah. gonna do like a seasoned brewery. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I feel like they know what they're doing over there. I mean, Dogfish. I also wanted to give them a chance to redeem themselves because <laughs> that sequence tasted like salty shark anus. <laughs> it was good. I liked it. I like the taste of salty shark anus. Yeah, it was decent. Let's get the beer. Okay. I look forward to maybe being disappointed. I don't think I'll be disappointed. I think I'll like you it. like everything. The yeah. only thing you didn't like was Famosa. That's not true. I think, well, there's another one that I didn't really Ooh, care for. Scott, I've got your bottle opener. Oh. <laughs> it just got a little weird. <laughs> oh, boy. A lot of clicking and clacking. I like these bottle caps. I do too. They're pretty. Oh, that's a good smell. Hmm. I like that. I'm excited. Oh gosh, I'm excited for the brown sugar part. I am not a big pumpkin person, so we will find out. This pour was awful. I like pumpkin pie. You think yours was awful? Look at this <laughs> shit. <laughs> Maybe it's just a foamy beer. I said it was foamy. That smells good. It smells like pumpkin. And... You can definitely smell the brown sugar. Yeah, pumpkin sugar and spice for sure. Smells like, lab- oh. smells like fall. The label is cute. I what told you, it? right? It's like a little, a little owl and a rat and a toad oh, in a, a toad. pumpkin hot okay. air balloon. Oh, that's cute. That foam is thick. You're getting a little ballsy over there. There's just so little left in here. I think I can make it. <gasps> I, just, I just sucked some foam. Okay, that's fine. Essentially air. It's, it's, it's somewhat what I was expecting, but also not what I was expecting at the same time. Um, like immediately up front, you get spice, bitter, and then once it kind of hangs out in your mouth a little bit, you get uh, the sweetness from the sugar, brown sugar, um, 
a little bit more of the spice. And then just overall, yeah, the taste of pumpkin. But it's like, it's like an authentic pumpkin. So I taste the bitterness that was in the review. Uh-huh. It's got this weird, like once it fully hits your tongue, it's got this weird overwhelming like taste to it. Mm. Like where it's just like every part of your mouth is experiencing it. Do you uh-huh. know what I'm talking about? Mm. Where it's like, I can't tell if this is pumpkin, brown sugar. There's cl- I can like, I, I feel like I taste the clove. It's very intense. Yeah. I don't hate it as much as I hated Sequench. Um, I wouldn't drink it again. But that's, again, it's just because I'm not a really big, like, fall beer person. Yeah. I mean, I'm really not either. I, I tend to stay away from them. But every once in a while, you get a good one. I think this is a decent one. Um, it's better than others that I've had before. But it's not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I've drank a lot of pumpkin beers, um, but also it's spooky season, so what the fuck else are you going to go with? Of yeah. course you have to go with pumpkin flavored. Right. <clears throat> Maybe I would have liked it better if it was colder. I know we're supposed to be yes. following based off of the temperature, but <laughs> <We're> it's not, <laughs> just... I don't, we're not really supposed to be doing anything, but... I know, but it was y- just, y- you know. Yeah, it was the timing. I was running late, and then, you know, you got your drive all the way up here, so of course it's not going to stay... Super, was, was this even chilled when you bought it? No, it was on the shelf. Yeah, so that's, again, it's it's stored that way because it's an ale, but yeah, maybe a little colder. I don't know. Like, part of me wants to just swallow it down as quickly as possible so I don't have to have it on my tongue. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. It's weird. Like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm like halfway done with this because I keep trying to figure out more about it. It's yeah, it's di- it's different. I would say that the review was very accurate mm-hmm. in the description. It's not like amazing. It's just kind of like okay, yeah, this is a pumpkin beer. It's a pumpkin it's beer. Better than like a cheaper pumpkin beer. It definitely makes me think of fall. Yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Smells like crunchy, dirty leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Dogfish Head is just a weird fucking brewery. They are, and that's why I like them because they, again, in their in their motto or whatever it is that we looked up online, they do uh, they they put kind of a twist on everything. Off centered. Off centered, exactly. That's the word that they use. They they have an off centered approach to everything that they make, and I respect that. I would say try it. Yes, and sometimes. Sometimes that off-centered approach doesn't necessarily land, land with everyone. Yeah, like the salty shark anus. Case in point last week. But um, I respect them Sorry. for their... Um, um, three weeks ago. Yeah. Or two. I, I respect them for their... Uh, what's the what's Commitment? The panache? Not uh, Sort of like courage, but like not really courage. Like, I respect them for their... Creativity? Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Um. And we said that we would be rating, well, I said we would be rating these beers uh, from this point on. So I guess we'll have to give this one a five because this is episode one of the next ten. So next episode with our next beer, we'll rate it relative to this one. I still need to rate the last ten. Yeah, maybe we'll do that today. Yeah, I'll do that with you. We're hanging out. Um, Get into your section. I don't work till one tomorrow, so I am here with you. Oh, nice. I will need to edit this. Um, yeah, I'll be here with you the entire time. Cool. I should have brought my Nintendo Switch. Ooh. Dang it. Maybe next time. Yeah. 
Next um, time when I live 30 minutes closer to you. Yes. That's the dream. So. Uh, oh, wait, real quick. Do you like my nails? They're for Halloween. All right. I, I'm put them in the light a little bit more so I can see. Ooh, I do. They're cool. How'd you do that? Are they just acrylic? Sorry. Yeah. Whatever. That's cool. Blood splatter. <laughs> like I ripped out someone's still beating heart. <laughs> my, uh, I went and saw my mom today and. How's Martha? She's doing, she's doing good. Um, hanging in there. It was really nice seeing her because I hadn't seen her in a while. Is she still planning on moving? Uh, yeah. She, well, she wants to retire. She was planning, she was supposed to retire this week, or I'm sorry, this year. Um, but COVID fucked everything up for a lot yeah. of people. So she's aiming for next year. She's still, um, still working hard. Uh, she really wants to get out, but she does plan on moving, either moving to Michigan or moving in with one of her sisters. But she should totally move to Michigan. She'd have so much fun up there. She would. Um, and, uh, she can hang out with Greg. With Greg. With Greg. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was nice seeing her because I hadn't seen her in a while. And uh, she usually decorates every season. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, she goes all out. I've seen her Halloween decorations. Um, they kick ass. She didn't decorate this year. <gasps> uh, and, I, and I don't blame her because that's, man, that's a lot of work to do. Uh, she's got like four boxes of Halloween yeah. stuff. And it and I, I told her this. I was like, everyone, like all my friends have complimented, you know, the way that you decorate the house and, you know, all the stuff that you do. And I think it's really awesome that you do that. Uh, but I totally get why you're not doing it this year. Uh, she didn't she didn't even put up the bloody shower curtain this year. <gasps> I know. She usually has this bloody shower curtain that looks like your nails, but it's a shower Martha. curtain. Martha! Um, so I don't blame her. But she did buy some uh, Halloween stuff for work. She have she bought these white bows, and they're, like, stained with blood, like fake blood, and she's going to wear those at work. Oh, so. she's so cute. <laughs> yeah, she's funny. Go into your section. Let's do this. Oh, I should have mentioned. This episode is on... <laughs> the guy's name that you clearly don't know. Uh, Ronald Clark O'Brien. I remember his name. Is, I just um, looked at it. <laughs> yeah, this episode's Ronald Clark O'Brien. Uh, we decided to do this week and next week on uh, two people that were somehow involved in a murder. Uh, I guess. On Halloween. On Halloween, yes. Very important uh, fact that I left out. Since we fucked up and didn't do the first two weeks of October. Well, yeah, that's fine. Well, we had a bonus, bonus episode. Whose fault is that? Pages. It's fine. Um, so people who were somehow involved in a murder on Halloween. So this episode and next episode will be two different people. This week, it's Ronald Clark O'Brien. He's a good guy, I promise. Uh, <laughs> so Free Ronald Clark. Oh, God. Well... <laughs> I don't know about that. So, <laughs> Sorry, go on. Ronald, Ronald Clark O'Brien yes. was born uh, October 19th, 1944, so 76 years ago yesterday. Okay. okay. Oh, hey. Yeah. October 19th. Do you, if you say his name three times in the mirror, will he show up? <laughs> Maybe. We we'll try that later. We'll let you know how it goes. He was born in Huntsville, Texas. He's nicknamed the Candyman and the Man Who Killed Halloween. Which, what a good name. It's It's fitting. Uh, Mike Hinton, who is a prosecutor, who was a prosecutor on O'Brien's case, called him the man that ruined Halloween for the whole world. I wasn't able to find much about O'Brien's biography online like I was hoping to. I was hoping like to find, oh, this is how he grew up, this blah, blah, blah. Most of it, I mean, he's just known for the what he was involved in. So, sure. So uh, this, 
this section is going to be really short. Um, and I only have for like four more bullet points. So, Don't worry. I have a lot to read. Yeah. So uh, this will mostly be Paige's episode because she's going to tell you all about this guy. Damn straight. Um, but I'll give you a little bit of background. O'Brien and his wife, Daynene, <laughs> lived in their home in Deer Park, Texas. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> D-A-Y-N-E-N-E. Tell me that's not Daynene. It's not Daynene or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. Day Nene is what I out. is what I said in my head. Uh, I've never heard of the name Day Daynene before. Um, but O'Brien and Day Nene lived in their home <laughs> in Deer Park, Texas, with their two children, eight and a half year old Timothy and five year old daughter Elizabeth. So eight and a half years old and five years old. They got two kids. He worked as an optician at Texas State Optical. Daynene. Daynene. Yeah. Oh, I'm sticking with Day Nene. Day Nene. <laughs> Day Nene. Uh, he worked as an optician. He was also the deacon at the Second Baptist Church. Uh, I didn't know what a deacon was. So I looked it up. It's I know because of a TV show called American Dad. Oh, they talk about deacons in American Dad. There's an episode about it. Oh, oh, I like American Dad. I just I clearly hasn't haven't seen enough of it. Continue. Uh, but a deacon is an ordained minister of an order ranking below that of a priest. So not quite a priest, but Almost a priest. It's the priest's bitch. Yeah, there you go. At uh, he he was a deacon at the Second Baptist Church, where he also sang in the choir, and he was additionally in charge of the local bus program. So, seems like an overall super nice guy. Working as an optician, pretty laid back, chill job. He's a deacon at his church. He sings, and he's in charge of a bus program for for transporting kids to where they need to get to. Um. My last bullet point is a couple quotes from Ronald's wife. She is quoted as saying, uh, Day Nene, by the way, he is quoted <laughs> as saying, I'm glad it's coming to an end. I don't think Ronald is a sick or insane person, but he's perverted. Also, it's the end of a nightmare and the beginning of a brand new beginning. Mm. The slate will be wiped clean and we will get on with our life. And lastly, I don't hate Ronald. I just feel nothing. Question. Yeah. Did you look into like what she's doing now with her life? Uh, I saw briefly um, that she, well, I don't want to give away too much, but she goes by a different name mm -hmm. now um, and she wanted to keep it private mm -hmm. for obvious reasons that you'll sure. find out in a second. Um, I don't know what she's doing with her life. I, I, I would assume that she's trying to keep it everything secret. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I don't want to give too much away about her kids. Um but, you know, they've also moved on, both of them quite differently than, than the other. So we're going to talk about that. So if you want to go into your segment, because that's all I got. That is the background. On, place, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and chug the rest of this beer. Ronald Clark O'Brien. Yeah, you're really going, going at it over there. Jesus. I would say if I can finish a beer, then that's a good sign. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you were just finishing it just to... Stop. So you would have to stop drinking it. <laughs> Did I do that with Famosa? Did I do that with Zombie Dust? No, I left behind shit all the time. Sequench, I left the whole can. <laughs> I was like, this is disgusting. You were like, can you forward this in my cup? I was like, no. <laughs> so, well, that's good. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Apologize. Apologize to Zach who has to edit that cough out. I found a Vice article that pretty much encompasses the entire story. There's some other um, bullet points that I'll go into, but I'm just going to go ahead and share this. Vice article, just because okay. I feel that it sets the tone. Okay. The true story 
of the notorious trick-or-treat murderer. The notorious? Mm-hmm. Notorious. Every parent's worst nightmare unfolded in a small Texas town in 1974. On a rainy Halloween night in 1974, the children of Deer Park, Texas were out knocking on doors. Ronald Clark O'Brien, an optician, was out too, watching over his kids, eight-year-old Timothy and five-year-old Elizabeth. As they trick-or-treated in a suburban neighborhood near their home, joining them was the O'Brien's neighbor, Jim Bates, and his young son. One of the houses the group approached had all its lights switched off, but the kids banged on the door anyway. The vague promise of candy was too enticing. But there was no answer. Either the occupants were hiding or no one was home. <laughs> the, way, the way you're telling this is... Do you want me to do it a different way? Uh, tell it in an Irish accent. No. <laughs> Growing impatient, the kids ran off to find another house, and Jim Mm. followed. Mm -hmm. Ronald was left alone. Catching up with the others a short while later, Ronald had good news. He produced a handful of 21-inch pixie sticks. You remember those? Those were intense. 21-inch? Those were intense. Remember those pixie sticks? You got them at like the middle school basketball game? I do remember pixie sticks. I miss them a lot. It was was essentially a plastic or a paper tube of sugar. Yeah, tubes of powdered sour candy. Yep. Turned out, someone had been at that dark house all along. Mm. The sweets were handed out, one to each of the children there. One for Jim's other child, and another to a 10-year-old boy Ronald had recognized from church as the group walked home. Before bed, Timothy O'Brien was allowed one treat from the evening's hall, and he picked his pixie stick tube. But the powdered sugar was stuck in the straw, Mm. and it wasn't until his dad helped him dislodge it that he could take his first mouthful. It tasted bitter, he complained, so Ronald grabbed him a glass of Kool-Aid to wash the taste away. Less than an hour later, Timothy was dead. What? What? You heard what I said. (laughs) You you heard me. (laughs) He grabbed him a glass of Kool-Aid to wash the taste away, the bitter taste, and less than an hour later, Timothy was dead. Okay. His son, Timothy. It was just a coincidence that I was working the police intake that night, says former Harris County prosecutor Mike Hinton. Decades later on the phone from Houston, I got a call from the Pasadena Police Department. They told me an eight-year-old boy had died. He was rushed to hospital, but he'd already passed. Wanting to get his investigation underway, Hinton called Dr. Joseph A. I'm not even going to say this last name. Just say his last name starts with a J. So Dr. Joseph A. J. Joseph A.J. Joseph A.J. I'm pretty sure that's Polish, I think. And you know I can never pronounce Polish names. Jablevich? No. (laughs) Mm. Chief medical examiner of nearby Harris County. I told him the situation, and he asked what the young man's breath smelled like. A call to the morgue revealed there was a scent of almonds coming from the boy's mouth, (sighs) which, do you say almonds or almonds? Who says almonds? Weirdos. Probably, uh, frickin'... Probably Scott. Probably, uh, uh, certainly... (laughs) It's cyanide, said Dr. J. <laughs> Who's the basketball player? <laughs> Dr. J. <laughs> and an autopsy proved the medical examiner's hunch. A pathologist said Timothy had consumed enough cyanide to kill two people. Jesus. Tests later found that the top two inches of the pixie stick had been packed with the poison. 
Police officers managed to recover the remaining sweets from the other children before any of them had a chance to dig in and noted that whoever was responsible had used staples to steal the pixie sticks after tampering with them. What in the world? Yeah. That's what saved another boy's life that night, Hinton recalls. They found him in bed with a sweet in his hand, but he wasn't strong enough to undo the staples, which also, come on, fucking weak ass bitch can't undo some staples. (laughs) I'm sorry. Wow. (laughs) It's a very morbid topic to joke about. Wow. The police took Ronald back to the neighborhood the group the group had been trick-or-treating in so he could direct them to the house where he'd picked up the pixie sticks. But he was stumped. He just couldn't find the house, and he's he said he'd never seen the face of the person responsible. That had just emerged from a that that they had just emerged from a doorway and handed him the candy. Investigators started to become suspicious. A few days went by, and it was incredibly frustrating, says Hinton. So they took O'Brien out again and were pretty firm with him. They were firm and were like, listen here. I you imagine, find that house. I imagine that's what was said. Yeah. Young man. The tactic worked and Ronald's memory was suddenly jogged. <laughs> okay. He pointed towards the house. The man who lived there wasn't home. So officers went to his place of work, Houston's William Hobby P. Airport, and arrested him in front of his colleagues. Oh, wow. The mystery was over. Case closed. Only the man had an alibi. It turned out he was working that night. His wife and daughter were home and had turned out the lights early as they'd run out of candy. Colleagues in timesheets confirmed the man's story. I'd also heard O'Brien was angry at his relatives for not staying up the night of Timothy's funeral, which was odd, says Hinton. Ronald, it transpires, had written a song about Jesus and Timothy joining the Lord in heaven and had grown agitated when his grieving family wouldn't stay up late to watch a recording of the performance being broadcasted on television. Huh. Soon after, while he was teaching a class at the Pasadena Police Academy, detective arrived, detectives arrived at Hitton's door. They had discovered that Ronald had recently taken out life insurance policies on both of his children. 10000 per child in January of that year, and then a further 20000 on each a month before Halloween. Investigators already knew Ronald owed debts of over 100000 So when they found out he'd called his insurance insurers to ask about pay, the payout at 9 a.m. the morning after Timothy's death, it was clear the case against him was beginning to come together. Granted a warrant, a search of the O'Brien house offered up a pair of scissors with plastic residue attached, which was similar to that found on the cyanide lace sweets. O'Brien was arrested and taken in for questioning. Huh. As the investigation continued, the evidence started to stack up against Ronald. It turned out O'Brien was going to community college and in class would ask his professor questions like, what is more lethal, cyanide or another type of poison? Yeah, that's not fucking suspicious. Yeah, not at all. Why would someone ask that, says Hinton? It was like a math class or something. (laughs) Professor. (laughs) Hey, by the way. Professor, (laughs) I know we're talking about A squared plus B squared equals C squared, the Pythagorean theorem, but real quick cyanide is it poisonous (laughs) another witness who worked for a chemical company in houston told police a man had come in to buy some cyanide but left after being told the smallest amount he could buy was five pounds five pounds that seems like a lot (laughs) there's a lot of cyanide Like you're just making pixie sticks how much was in the pixie sticks why do you need that much like five pounds of cyanide that seems like a lot You'll kill a horse, at least. Well, it said that he consumed <laughs> enough to kill two people, so I'd like to know... Yeah, that small amount. How much is enough to kill one person? Is it like a pound? Probably half that. Yeah. <laughs> the man from the store said he couldn't identify O'Brien, but he remembered that his customer was wearing a beige or blue smock, like a doctor. 
O'Brien was an optician, and that was exactly the uniform he wore to work. Hmm. Still, this was years before DNA testing and contactless debit cards, and police couldn't put the pixie stick in Ronald's hands or prove he'd pro- uh, bought any cyanide. So the 30-year-old optician maintained his innocence. Hinton remembers the case vividly in the decades that have passed. His memories have remained sharp. O'Brien adored the attention, he says. I think he even loved it during his trial. Mm. Ronald entered a not uh, guilty plea with his defense blaming the tainted candy on some untraceable boogeyman. A sick individual using the cover of Halloween to poison unsuspecting children. But friends, family, and co-workers all testified against the man. The press was now calling the candy man. And on June 3rd, 1975, it took just 46 minutes for a jury to return a guilty verdict for one charge of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. An hour later, it was decided that Ronald would be executed by electric chair. Hmm. Before and since the Deer Park poisoning, rumors of dodgy sweets being handed in a house always serviced around Halloween. But whether the fear is that the candies contain broken glass and razor blades or that they're actually ecstasy pills... There's not much evidence to suggest parents actually have anything to worry about. Although police never discovered when or where O'Brien bought the poison, he was arrested for Timothy's murder on November 5th, 1974. He was, uh, I'm sorry, is it indicted? Why is there a C? Because <laughs> English is fucking English is ridiculous. wild. <laughs> on one count of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Hmm. O'Brien entered a plea of guilt, not guilty to all five counts. Mm-hmm. O'Brien's trial began in Houston on May 5th, 1975. That took a while. Mm-hmm. During the trial, a chemist who was acquainted with O'Brien testified that in summer 1973, O'Brien contacted him asking about how about cyanide and how much would be fatal. A chemical supply salesman also testified that O'Brien had asked him how to purchase cyanide. Friends and coworkers testified that in the months before Timothy's death, O'Brien showed an unusual interest in cyanide and spoke about how much it would take to kill a person. O'Brien's sister-in-law and brother-in-law testified that on the day of Timothy's funeral, he spoke of using the money from Timothy's insurance policy to take a long vacation and buy other items. O'Brien continued to maintain his, inif- his innocence, his elephants. <laughs> he's not, I just want to add, he's not being subtle at all about this. No. Hey, by the way, um, that cyanide stuff, how I, much would it take to, like, I guess, kill someone <laughs> if you wanted to? <laughs> so I have to question, you know, what would drive someone to kill their own children? What would drive someone to kill? Well, to kill anybody, really. But I think that the way he's going about it just shows you that he's... <laughs> He's just clearly not all there. No, I don't think so. I wouldn't say he's like a serial killer, but I would say that he's like, I mean, you have to be not, that's not the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I know what the word is. An idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I mean, he's got, he's got some motivations. Um, well, yeah, he was a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't see a way out of it. But what kills me is, like, who isn't in debt these days? And it's like, your thought process isn't, I'm going to murder my children. Right. Like, what in his brain made him think that that would work? Yeah, that's a little funny. Like, why would you go to murdering your son? And his, he tried to murder his daughter mm-hmm. and a random ass stranger that he went to church with, yep. all to throw the police off their trail. Right. Like, just to throw them off. Yep. Like yep. you were willing to kill these innocent children just for a hundred thousand dollars of debt. Yep. Haven't you seen the commercials? You can consolidate your debt with three <laughs> easy payments. <laughs> File for chapter chapter one bankruptcy. <laughs> 
His defense mainly drew upon the decades-old urban legend concerning a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy laced with poisoner needles or candy mm. apples with razor blades inserted. Mm. These stories have persisted despite the fact that there are no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. Also, have you seen the meme that's like, <laughs> chill out, Karen. No one's putting their edibles in your children's candy. That shit's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but I've, I like the ones where it's like... Um, they show a picture of like a Twix wrapped up and then they open it and there's like an AK-47 that just shows up <laughs> yeah. on the table. It's like, oh, fuck. Be sure you're watching your kid's candy. I, love that. I just found an AK-47 in my son's there's Twix. One. There's one that's like, parents, be sure you're checking your candy. I just found the gates to hell in my son's Rolos. Uh, uh, shit's funny. It is. <laughs> and like I was saying... Uh-huh. It took a jury 46 minutes to convict him, mm-hmm. and the jury took 20, uh, 71 minutes to sentence him to death. Wow. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. Smart. She later ma- remarried, and her new husband adopted her daughter, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Ronald O'Brien was confined to the Huntsville unit in Huntsville, Texas, according to Reverend Carol Pickett, a former chaplain who worked for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. O'Brien was shunned and despised by his fellow death row inmates for killing a child, which that was always interesting to me about how seriously inmates take like oh yeah like pedophiles. other other yeah other people's crimes that are to that. To like degree. children and yep. stuff like like they like if you are a pedophile and you go to jail, you will most likely be yeah, killed. Good luck. Yep. Like you will be killed. Yep. Which I'm just kind of like, you know what? Go other inmates. <laughs> go other inmates. You kill them. I mean, our justice system and our criminal system is disgusting, and we yeah. should probably take cues from other countries. But <laughs> when do we do that? <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> He was shunned by his fellow death row inmates for killing a child and was absolutely friendless, which who makes friends in prison? Mm. Like, this isn't sleepaway camp. <laughs> I'm just like, I came home and he's like, Ronald, who'd you make friends with? He's like, oh, I made friends with Nazi Jim. Nazi. Like, what? Nazi Jim. The inmates reportedly petitioned to hold an organized demonstration on O'Brien's execution date to express their hatred of him. Hmm. O'Brien's first execution date was set for August 8th, 1980. His attorney successfully petitioned for a stay of execution. A second date was scheduled for May 25th, 1982. That date was also postponed. Judge Michael McSpaden scheduled a third execution date on October 31st, 1982. Halloween. Spooky. Mm-hmm. The eighth anniversary of the crime. And he offered to personally drive O'Brien to the death chamber. Wow. It was to have been the first time Texas executed an inmate by lethal injection. Yep. The Supreme Court delayed the date yet again to give O'Brien a chance to pursue an appeal to seek a new trial. A fourth date was scheduled for March 31st, 1984. Mm-hmm. O'Brien's lawyer sought a fourth of stay, a fourth stay on the basis that lethal injection was a cruel and unusual punishment. Mm. I, I don't know about that. On March 28th, a federal judge rejected the request. On March 
1984. Shortly after midnight, O'Brien was executed by lethal injection at the Huntsville unit. In his final statement, O'Brien maintained his innocence, stating that he felt the death penalty was wrong. He added, I forgive all, and I do mean all. Those who have been involved in my death, God bless you all. And may God's best blessing be always yours. Bitch, you in hell. <laughs> During the execution, a crowd of 300 demonstrators gathered around outside the prison, cheered while some yelled trick-or-treat. Others showered anti-death penalty demonstrators with candy. Mm. Ronald O'Brien is buried in Forest Park East Cemetery in Webster, Texas, if you want to go desecrate his grave. <laughs> Timothy is buried in Forest Park Lawndale Cemetery in Houston, if you want to go leave flowers. <laughs> fucking wild yep that was uh that was a crazy one um i know um i was jotting a few things down while you were telling your story i thought it was fascinating that they they didn't they couldn't quite prove that he was guilty that he did in fact execute the crime i think it's one of those things where it's just like Man, he left a breadcrumb trail a mile yeah. wide, but like no like hardcore like yes. I can take this to court and be like right. this is the evidence. They it's just one of those prove things. That he in fact was the, the one who stick. bought it and it put it because you know no yeah. one saw him because do it because of where technology was at the time, right? And how it's not exactly easy to track those things, but it's also just mm-hmm. like where it's it's one of those situations where it's just like wow, this is a dumb moment. Yeah, this guy took out a life insurance policy on his children. This guy increase the life insurance policy on his children Mm -hmm. and then a day after his son was dead asked to take the claim on it yeah like what the fuck is wrong there was there was enough evidence to prove his guilt in court which uh is impressive um at for for that time i would agree um there were some other uh i didn't want to read too much into the story because there was a lot that you shared that i didn't know about uh the whole thing about um well i know that his wife, uh, Dainene, uh, ended up remarrying and, um, they ad- adopted the daughter. I mean, well, it's still her daughter, but, um, I don't know what they're doing now, but I, I knew that was, I, I didn't know that they had, you know, Elizabeth joined their family and everything like that. Um, so there was some stuff in there that surprised me, but there were a few details that, um, I did, uh, read over. One of the stories actually said that he, um, um, Shit, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting the child's name. Timothy. Timothy. Um, that he actually grabbed a sucker first instead of a, a, the pixie stick. Um, he said, his father said that he could have one piece of candy before bed. He grabbed a sucker and his father said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have time to eat a sucker right mm-hmm. now. Here, have this pixie stick. Um, one story said that he, that that's how that uh, went about. Um, it also said uh, that he was uh, not... Oh, yeah. Well, you already mentioned this because you mentioned something about electrocution uh, that he was. So, he was originally set up he was for the to electric be sentenced chair. for the electric chair. Yeah. But it was <laughs> lethal injection that was. Um, and th- that was something that was that surprised me, too. It was the first lethal injection um, that Texas had uh, laid out and performed. Uh, and this was like the 80s. So it was I mean, the death penalty was still uh, very much a thing back then. Mm-hmm. And then to put it in perspective, hundred thousand dollars back then in uh, you know the early eighties, that was uh, just over five hundred thousand dollars today. So if you can imagine being five hundred thousand dollars in debt, mm-hmm. that is an insane amount of money. Um, and in one way, I'm still extremely surprised that he went to those limits of 
him thinking I need to murder my child in order to collect this life insurance in order for me to pay off my debts. Uh, but at the same time, I guess it's not necessarily out of the realm of possibility, uh, the whole life insurance thing. Um, I don't know how prolific life insurance scams were during that time. Um, but, I mean, that's a lot of money. And uh, it can definitely drive people to do some crazy things. But I think you're right when you said that this guy's definitely not uh, right in the head. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it pretty much the story proves that. So that uh, that is very unfortunate um, that that happened. I mean, it's very, very lucky of those other children, uh, his daughter Elizabeth and then all of the other other like neighborhood children who miraculously survived. Um, and yeah, the reason he did that was to just throw the cops off. Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been much more obvious. It would have been much more gruesome, I guess would be the word I would look for. It would have been much sadder. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Timothy's death isn't sad in the first place, the father killing his son, life taken, snuffed out at such a young age. But he would have taken children from their parents just to right. throw off the cops so he could collect money for debt that he accrued. Yeah. So uh, very fortunate of those children. And I can't imagine being that kid, uh, that one kid with the – he was trying to get the, the the pixie stick open. And then he just gave up and fell asleep with it in his hand. I think that's – Yes, with the cyanide-filled pixie that's stick. A little, that's a little crazy. Real quick. Mm-hmm. From Danene. Yeah. She has remarried. Mm. And continued her life, although she has for the past nine years felt a void following the death of her son, Timothy, on Halloween. Of course. He died by eating candy laced with cyanide. Authorities said the father scheduled to die early Saturday had hoped to collect insurance money, blah, 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 blah. She said she was nervous, but hoped she and her 15-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, could put behind them the ordeal. My concern during these years have not been for myself. They have been with my daughter. Mm. She has done remarkably well until the last few days. This is an old article. She said about six months ago, I'm not kidding, this thing is from like yeah, <laughs> forever ago, Elizabeth wanted to contact and visit O'Brien on death row, but she adamantly prohibited her daughter from making any contact with her father. She has no ties to him. I think she has struggled through that, but she accepts the fact that he intended to kill her too. Mm-hmm. We refer to him in this house as Ronald, and he is her biological father only and nothing more. She said before the trial in 74, she would visit her husband each week at the Harris County Jail, and each week he would cry and tell her of his innocence. He was so convincing. Sometimes I thought, what if he's telling the truth? But I knew he was lying. Mm. She said before her son's death, her husband made an appointment for her with an insurance insurance agent to buy a life insurance policy for her. I'm struggling with whys today. Mm. I think I really was the original intended victim. The appointment was canceled because the couple did not have the money to pay the policy premiums. There were early signs in our marriage that he was a liar. He only admitted to me once that he lied, but never about Tim's death. But I know in my deepest heart of hearts that he is responsible for my son's death. Wow. <clears throat> well, I, uh... That shit's sad. I don't know where I necessarily stand on the death penalty. I know that's a pretty controversial thing. Um, do I think it was justified in this situation? Perhaps. Uh, 
it's it's hard to say though. I mean, all the way back then in whatever it was, eighty four, uh, unless you were there. It, we live in very different times, so it, it's kind of hard to put your mind in that in that time and um, kind of look at how things were back then and and uh, justify the death penalty. But um, I'm one thing I am sure about is that some people do deserve it. The difficult part is figuring out, you know, what is that? Where is that line? You know, and maybe, uh, maybe this guy crossed it. It was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I don't have any more to say. Or well, that's that. it for me. Cool. That was wild. That was horrible. It's a Halloween I'm glad murder. that he's dead. Yep. I'm, I'm, that's kind of what I was getting at too. Um, I'm, I'm glad that he's also... Uh, I, f- I feel like maybe he would be dead anyway if he weren't executed just mm. for his age when he was born. I don't know. Hard to say. But uh, And then the people who, like nowadays, who they get arrested for heinous crimes and then they commit suicide in jail. I mean, that's just taking the easy way out. And I don't think, you know, the whole point of incarcerating them is for them to live and uh, deal with their crime uh so again maybe the death penalty is um uh, justified in some cases so sure <clears throat> but uh as you normally ask how do you think of the beer? whoa hold your fucking horses pump the goddamn brakes what did you think of the beer <laughs> i just asked you that that's my job. <laughs> but you just got done with your story. I'm supposed to then respond to that. No. Oh, God. What did you think of the beer? <clears throat> the beer was uh, pretty good. Um, there were many that we've had in prior episodes that I would put before this one. However, out of all of the fall October-themed, pumpkin-themed beers I've had... Uh, I think I already said this. This one isn't the worst. I've had better. Um, but like you said, I kind of tend to stay away from most of them. I don't know. Pumpkin and beer, like, I I get it. But I have I feel like I've been disappointed more times than sure. not. So that's that's kind of what is keeping me away. But it was very... Uh, I, I'm glad that I got to try this... Uh, Pumpkin Ale by Dogfish Head, um, just because of uh, its history. Um, it was though, like the review said, it was supposed to be the it was their ale first beer. Yeah, that that, that kind of like launched their you know industry, um, their brewery. So I think it's cool. I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I got to um, taste it and uh, experience that. Um, and it's cool that it's it's rated as high as it is in overall pumpkin beers. It's good. Um, Sweet, spicy. I didn't think it was sweet. Uh, I tasted the sweetness a little bit. I really didn't. Sweet, I got, spicy. I got distracted by how bitter it was. Very bitter in the in the in the yeah in the beginning, um, and then just the pumpkin is authentically pumpkin. It's not like it's yeah, it's trying... not like pumpkin spice latte. Right, pumpkin. It's, not, it's not like it's trying to be pumpkin or it's artificial pumpkin. It's like it's this... like if you legit took it pump. It said pumpkin meat. <laughs> yeah, if you took a bite of a pumpkin, it's like it's not artificial pumpkin in any way. <laughs> 
where it doesn't taste like quite as good as you thought it would taste if you ever did that. Um, if it was fake pumpkin. Right. So it was decent. Uh, we'll we'll rank these uh, at some point. But, uh, when we have actual things to rank them against. Yep. It was decent. I didn't hate it. I finished it. I'm probably going to drink another one, but that's just because I want to get drunk. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I've got other beer, and uh, there's a bar behind you, so. Anyways. Um, one thing uh, I wrote down here. Oh, we have photos for this episode, which I have. Uh, I'll add to the website. One of them is a photo of Ronald. One of them is a photo of Timothy. And one of them is a photo of a newspaper article that was published back in the 80s about the murder, which mm. um, is a pretty good read. So I'll put those on the website. Uh, it's bit.ly slash BAF Podbean, I think is what it is. Uh, and then also on Facebook, you can view our website as well. There's a little link on the sidebar. We're available on all popular podcast mm-hmm. platforms. Uh, if there's a podcast platform you'd like us to get on, just shoot us a quick email. Uh, I don't know the status of Pandora, but it's not like anyone really cares. Hey. Um, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Who the fuck uses Pandora? And Reddit. Not many people anymore these days. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit. Paige needs to uh, do some catching up on posting some uh, pet pics on Instagram. I'll get to it. Um, but we'll occasionally throw other updates on there as well. Uh, our latest episodes will always be posted on Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit. And if you have um, anything to say at all, any questions, whatever, beerandfearpodcast at gmail.com. Whoa, wait a minute. No, nope. Beerandfearcast at gmail.com. Beer, you good, buddy? It's been a while. It's, it's been only a co- like a 7% ABV. It's been, no, it's been a couple weeks. Is really where I'm kind of rusty. Uh, beerandfearcast, correct. And that's our uh, handle for everything, beer and fearcast. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. And then frights and flights, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, it'll happen someday. All right. Anything else? I think that's the episode. Have a good day. Everyone enjoy the fall season and the we ever approaching. See you next week. Ever approaching Halloween. See you next week. Wow, that sounded really mean. <laughs> see you next week. See you next week.